0: Before I start this podcast, thank you for advertising with L.A. Theatre Bites. The show Old Acquaintances will be playing at the Westminster Playhouse in Westminster, California, March 8th through March 24th. According to the press release, a delightfully witty play about two childhood best friends who are now dealing with success and love on their own terms. Both well-known authors, one a critical darling and the other a prolific bestseller, No Nonsense, Gal Catherine Kit Markham is currently working on her latest novel and carrying on a steamy love affair with a younger man, while the other, a meddling divorcee, Mildred Drake, is refusing to loosen her overbearing claw on her teenage daughter and struggles with a deep hidden jealousy of Kit. WCP brings you another Hollywood classic that tackles the boundaries of friendship and the true meaning behind the word. Rinomy.
1: Hello, I am Alina Mae Wilson, and you are listening to L.A. Bites review of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, playing now at 3D Theatricals at Cerritos Performing Arts Center in Cerritos, February 15th to March 3rd, 2019. 3D Theatricals' production of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder over in the Cerritos Performing Arts Center is making me question myself as a person. What does it say about me as a human being that I find myself so openly and easily sympathizing with a character whose primary motivation is to meticulously bump off his every living relative for the family fortune? And when I say bump off, I mean kill, execute, bring about their untimely demise. To wit, he murders them in ways that are as creative as they are cheerful. He is polite, he is forthcoming, and he is, it soon becomes clear, pretty far out of his depth. As the son of a common sort of working-class couple, he wants nothing more than to rise above his station and wed the beautiful but hopelessly vain Sibella. A lofty goal indeed for the son of a washerwoman, but when opportunity knocks in the form of a talkative little stranger, he finds that he is actually a member of the famed aristocratic Dysquith family. Monty sets out to take advantage of his familial connections in any way he can, but when gaining the respect and subsequent money of the family proves to be a little harder than anticipated, he begins planning to ascend the family tree by less reputable methods. Prior to Curtain Up, they mentioned straight away that they are using the same sets and costumes from the Broadway production, so I suppose I'll mention it as well. They're using the Broadway stuff! Visually, everything is great. It's all very upper-class and elegant-looking, adding a layer of false poise. I mean, whether pure or despicable, most people's motivations are clear to us starting at the very beginning and all throughout but they themselves are unaware of what the other characters are thinking in a way the fancy costumes make the story even funnier giving all of the characters the dignity of living chess pieces that bounce around the board trying to knock each other unconscious with the exception of a notable few hello the last one you'd expect i've decided to marry you and that horrible woman not many songs in the score stand out by virtue of their sound alone. That isn't to say that they sound quote-unquote bad, but they aren't terribly catchy or memorable, nor do they inspire much admiration for the people singing them. I don't like the song Sibella. I think it's tonally boring, but I realize that they are trying for a somber moment of character development. But then again, I don't think that sounding phenomenal was ever really the goal. In fact, I think it's kind of obvious that it wasn't. The story prioritizes the outrageous members of the Dysquith family and the sly movements of certain others, so whether or not you think a song quote-unquote sounds great seems to be neither here nor there when it comes to enjoying the story. The plot itself pulls you in in a way that almost makes you a willing participant. There are certain people you just want to see die. Earlier, I referred to A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder as The Thinker's Comedy, and I meant it. Watching who is going where and doing what for what purpose in this show is like watching generals push the pieces around those little army strategy boards that you always watch military officials plan their attacks with on TV. It's interesting and downright tickling to watch a Monty Navarro, a character who is much slicker than his fellows on stage give him credit for, get the best of these loathsome little individuals who think far too much of themselves. It generates the satisfaction of watching the everyman meticulously climb over the scoundrels in his way to achieve his glory. Nick Tubbs is great as Monty Navarro, our hero ascending to the top. Jeff Scowron captures the distinct personalities of each of the members of the Dysquith family well. Oh, did I not mention that the family is played by one person? The whole family is played by one person. There is no trouble believing he is a different person each time he sallies across the stage. Julia Barrows is terrific as Sibella, and I think she must have been plucked from the orchard where they grow Sibellas because while sitting in the audience, I seriously thought that she was the original Broadway actress. From a distance, they look exactly the same. And Kelly Dorney as Phoebe is a complete delight. This is a fun show. It's energetic, calculated, witty, and delightful. Some of the songs are less than thrilling, but the comedic storyline makes up for it. I give A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder an 8.8 out of 10. It's a great show. This is LA Theater Bites. Thank you for listening.